This is Jordan Secchio. Today on Jay Secchio Live as Democrats prepare to debate with Mike Bloomberg on the stage tonight. Mayor Pete, the winner of the Iowa caucus, supposedly, says that Christianity is incompatible with supporting President Trump. We'll talk about that today on Jay Secchio Live. Live from Washington, D.C., Jay Sekulow Live. Do you think it is impossible to be a Christian and support President Trump? Well, I'm not going to tell other Christians how to be Christians. Phone lines are open for your questions right now. Call 1-800-684-3110. I will say I cannot find any compatibility between the way this president conducts himself and anything that I find in scripture. Now, I guess that's my interpretation, but I think that's a lot of people's interpretation, and that interpretation deserves a voice. And now, your host, Jordan Sekulow. I don't know, pro-life legislation, 190-plus conservative judicial nominees, including two on the U.S. Supreme Court, religious freedom regulations that are being literally pushed through as we speak through nine government agencies, but nothing compatible with President Trump, his policies, and and Christianity. Now, I, again, I'm glad that Mayor Pete said, you know, I'm not going to tell Christians about how they, you know, their Christianity, but he then also said, but he had to go into with that statement where he really is telling you that to be compatible with your Christianity, you can't, you can't really support President Trump, even though his policies line up with a Christian conservative. I'm not saying if you're a Christian, you have to support President Trump. But this idea that you that you can't, that it's not compatible, look at the policies he's put in place. And this idea of, of, of looking at people individually, all this, we're all flawed people. Okay, let's put that out there. No one is perfect, regardless of what faith you hold, uh, uh, how faithful you are. And the more faithful you are, the more you know that of how flawed we all are as human beings. But we try to do our best, and what the president's job is is to do his best through policies, and that's how you should judge him, and through the actions uh, he takes as president and those on those policies that he talks about, like defending life and defending religious liberty and standing up for uh, the, the unborn, calling for an end to late-term abortion at the State of the Union. While Mayor Pete, just, you know, just a few days ago, was on The View talking about how late-term abortion or at-birth abortion, infanticide, that's that's fine. That's okay. That's not incompatible with his faith and his interpretation of Scripture. How do you feel about Mayor Pete telling you as a Christian you can't vote for President Trump? There you, you shouldn't. Because that's really what he is saying. You know, I'm not going to tell you who to vote for, but I can't find anything. Now, I mean, the truth is, it's pretty tough to, as a Christian to say you could support someone who defended infanticide on national television. That's the honest truth. And and that's what Mayor Pete did. I think it's much more difficult to, uh, again, support his policies because he's been so forthright on the late-term abortion issue and trying to somehow use Scripture to justify his position on infanticide, which to me is uh, off-putting is saying it nicely. We're going to take your calls about this. 1-800-684-3110. That's 1-800-684-3110. This mixture of faith and politics, again, we're used to it at the ACLJ. And we don't believe that you should take out faith from politics. But the fact that these that these uh, candidates are playing theologian, 
Just look at their policies. Ignore what their, their interpretations of Scripture. That's not the place to go for that. Look at the policies they support. He, Mayor Pete supports infanticide right there. I mean, they're alone. That's pretty incompatible for me. Pretty incompatible for, I bet, a lot of you listening to this broadcast. 1-800-684-3110 if you want to talk to us on air. Also, interesting, Mayor Bloomberg is, is uh, buying, Mike Bloomberg, an army of online trolls. They're U.S.-based, so I guess it's not Russia collusion, but literally $2,500 a week. You've got to text all your friends. Not making this up. They're calling them online field organizers. And uh, you have to post the campaign's messages out exactly as they to your personal social media. But it's not being labeled as an ad, so you, you won't know that. Again, how Mike Bloomberg trying to buy the Democratic nomination. We'll be right back. The challenges facing Americans are substantial. At a time when our values, our freedoms, our constitutional rights are under attack, it's more important than ever to stand with the American Center for Law and Justice. For decades now, the ACLJ has been on the front lines, protecting your freedoms, defending your rights, in courts, in Congress, and in the public arena. And we have an exceptional track record of success. But here's the bottom line. We could not do our work without your support. We remain committed to protecting your religious and constitutional freedoms. That remains our top priority, especially now during these challenging times. The American Center for Law and Justice is on your side. If you're already a member, thank you. And if you're not, well, this is the perfect time to stand with us at ACLJ.org, where you can learn more about our life-changing work. Become a member today. ACLJ.org. Only when a society can agree that the most vulnerable and voiceless deserve to be protected is there any hope for that culture to survive. And that's exactly what you are saying when you stand with the American Center for Law and Justice to defend the right to life. We've created a free, powerful publication offering a panoramic view of the ACLJ's battle for the unborn. It's called Mission Life. It will show you how you are personally impacting the pro-life battle through your support. And the publication includes a look at all major ACLJ pro-life cases, how we're fighting for the rights of pro-life activists, the ramifications of Roe v. Wade 40 years later, Planned Parenthood's role in the abortion industry, and what Obamacare means to the pro-life movement. Discover the many ways your membership with the ACLJ is empowering the right to life. Request your free copy of Mission Life today online at aclj.org slash gift. You know, usually I wouldn't even be that excited about a Democrat debate this this go-around because Bernie Sanders is in, with such a big lead. In fact, in a new poll that's out uh, today, Bernie Sanders is another poll says he has a double-digit lead nationally. So we're not talking – Joe Biden no more with that. I mean, he's still trying to say he's, like, leading in the national polls. I, old ones. The new ones show Bernie Sanders with a double-digit lead over Joe Biden. Sanders at 32%. Joe Biden holding in there with his 17% support. Again, I'm wondering where on earth is he going to win a state in South Carolina? He's now uh, tied really for, for, so, I mean, that's not good for, for, for Joe Biden. If he does not do well in Nevada, goes in there with less momentum than even uh, last week. And in the, his firewall state, which he is, a, I think is a must win for Joe Biden's campaign to even continue. 
uh, unless I guess Mike Bloomberg does the full uh, uh, burn off tonight. Like if he crashes and burns tonight on the debate stage, but with the amount of money he's spending, it's it's hard to imagine again that being the end of him tonight. It may be the end of him actually being taken seriously as a candidate, but the amount of money he's spending, there's a lot of people who won't watch the debate, who will vote in the primaries, or won't be that affected by one uh, debate. Uh, I do think for Democrats, it will be a, it will be decisive in why it's a must-watch tonight. It will be decisive on whether or not Mayor, uh, Mike Bloomberg is for real. Because this it's easy when you can pay for all your ads, when you can pay for social media trolls, when you can pay for uh, when you can uh, pay for your events, and they can all be structured, but you don't have to face off, you know, face to face with the other candidates. Answer the questions from the moderators. You've had a lot of controversial statements. You've had to be apologizing for. They keep coming out. They were all on the record. They were all public. It's nothing being leaked. These were all things you were saying, you know, at, at events and forums on radio broadcasts and television shows, and and now you're apologizing for them. And by the way. Even with all this money that you're spending, it's Bernie Sanders who's got a double-digit lead over you, and you're still trailing Joe Biden in most polls. So, I mean, we will, again, it'll be very interesting tonight. I want to go to Than Bennett, our Director of Government Affairs, before I take your phone calls. And then I want to play for you what Mayor Pete had to say about this whole Christian faith idea before I go to those calls. And we're taking those calls, so 1-800-684-3110. But first, with Bloomberg tonight on the debate stage, I do think it's a potential crash and burn moment for him, not because he won't have money the next day. The guy's going to have billions of dollars the next day to keep spending and try and rehabilitate. So he can probably continue to rehabilitate his campaign, but it's whether or not he can go from being the second place guy everywhere to a guy who really is going to make an impact on Super Tuesday. Yeah, and it's the first time, Jordan, that he really has to interface with voters in a way that's not prepackaged. And history tells us that he's maybe not uh, especially good at that. Uh, look, you, in, in the video you played for our Facebook uh, listeners during the break, Jordan, Senator Sanders says that he's not into political speculation. Well, I am just a little bit. I haven't always been right, but I am into political speculation. And I'll tell you this I am convinced that Senator Sanders is going to win Nevada by a wide margin. And, Jordan, I'm actually convinced that he's going to win South Carolina as well. I know the former vice president is still tied in the most recent poll but momentum is everything at this stage of the game and we're still you know a couple of weeks away week and a half away whatever it is there uh, i am convinced that senator sanders is going to win south carolina as well here's the other thing i'm convinced about jordan i think that senator sanders no matter what he says he is delighted that Mayor Bloomberg is on that stage tonight because Mayor Bloomberg has had a free pass ascending into second place. And I think Senator Sanders is just salivating at the opportunity to engage him face to face. Here's the other thing I think Senator Sanders is excited about. Mayor Bloomberg, Jordan, he has essentially crushed everyone else's chances. I mean, is cer certainly Senator Sanders is the front runner, but I don't see anyone besides Mayor Bloomberg that even has a shot here. Yeah, I mean, let's get you an update right here. So uh, Bernie Sanders, he leads in all the new national polls. Every new national poll out, he leads by as much as 16% over the next candidate, so double digits. Has a 14% uh, lead in Nevada, in the caucus that's this Saturday, and the debate that's tonight. He's tied with Joe Biden, and, and the state Joe Biden said is a must-win uh, firewall, South Carolina, a state where Bernie Sanders should have trouble as a socialist who has in the past not done well when uh, you get to a state uh, with uh, a lot of Democratic voters, uh, minority voters, uh, specifically African-American voters, but he's actually gone up and he's tied with Joe Biden amongst those groups in the polls. 
Um, he's lead or he is leading or is tied for first place in the Super Tuesday states of California, Texas, North Carolina, Maine, Virginia, Utah, and Colorado. So I mean, he's undisputed. But then you go down to number two. It's Bloomberg. He is second or tied for second nationally in the new ABC Washington Post poll, the new NPR Maris poll, the new Morning Consult poll, the Survey USA polls. And he's not even competing in Nevada or South Carolina. He's actually leading or t- tied for first place in Oklahoma, North Carolina, and Virginia. Second place in California, which is a huge uh, a delegate state. And it's all about can you get to that 15% threshold uh, statewide. Um, polling third in Maine. And I think depending on his debate performance tonight, he could solidify being the other choice to the communists. Now, to me, that's kind of bizarre because then you have two people who really aren't Democrats kind of, uh, and certainly, I mean, you got a communist and a billionaire trying to buy things without actually having to campaign with real people and real voters and going for this. But I want to get back to what we started with, which was uh, we got to play the audio for you so you can hear what Mayor Pete said about being a Christian and supporting President Trump, then we'll take your phone calls on it, 1-800-684-3110. At the last CNN town hall, you said if your faith calls upon you to help the marginalized, uh, those who are uh, afflicted, to comfort to comfort people, to strive for humility and decency, as the Christian faith does. Uh, and then I quote you, then I just can't imagine that that requires of you that you be anywhere near this president. Do you think it is impossible to be a Christian and support President Trump? Well, I'm not going to tell other Christians how to be Christians, but I will say I cannot find any compatibility between the way this president conducts himself and anything that I find in scripture. Now, I guess that's my interpretation, but I think that's a lot of people's interpretation, and that interpretation deserves a voice. Anything, really. 190-plus conservative judicial nominees, two on the Supreme Court, that will protect religious liberty. Uh, Nine reforms going on right now. Nine federal agencies reforming religious discriminatory policies put in place by the Obama administration that the Trump administration is changing. We just filed the comments on those new rules. That's nine federal departments of the U.S. government. Just happened yesterday. He supports President Trump pro-life legislation like ending late-term abortion. But he's also done what he can on his own to defund Planned Parenthood. By the way, through Title X, he defunded Planned Parenthood. He also, by executive action, because Congress wouldn't do it, he also made sure that pro-life pregnancy centers would be uh, could apply for federal funding under, under family planning programs and made sure they were excluded before. Now pro-life pregnancy centers are not. He put back in place the Mexico City policy, which prohibits taxpayer funding uh, for paying for overseas abortions, put that back in place and expanded on it. and said, you're not even going to fund organizations that support abortions internationally. This is, this is a president who's put in place, again, the, the policies. Judge him by his policies. Because if you want to judge about a lot of human beings when they're all under the spotlight, very dangerous. Very dangerous. And I think for Mayor Pete to make this that kind of statement, when he was just on TV defending something the Bible's been pretty clear about when it comes to infanticide, and, and the, the moral issues surrounding that. This was a guy who just a few days ago said he didn't want to tell anybody 
you know, make moral decisions, even though he's really smart guy knows what he's saying is I think absurd because all of our laws, all of our rules have to be based on something, some natural law, some right or wrong morals. I think that's what that means, but take a listen because remember just a few days ago, the guy who's telling you, you can't be a Christian and vote for Trump. He certainly couldn't figure it out. I mean, he's the guy running against him. No surprise, surprise. He can't figure that out but was also defending infanticide. Take a listen. Families that, that may have picked out a name, maybe assembling a crib, and they learn something excruciating and are faced with this terrible choice. And I don't know what to tell them uh, morally about what they should do. I just know that I, I trust her and her decision medically or morally isn't gonna be any better because the government is commanding her to do it in a certain I way. respect that. You didn't back down from it. This is going to hurt you in the middle of the country with the Republicans you're trying to win over. People like me, this is a hard line. And quite frankly, that question, that answer is just pretty, you're just as radical as I thought it was. And the idea, again, that he's not going to make that moral decision. But, you know, three days later, he's asked on CNN about, um, well, can you be, is your Christian faith compatible with supporting President Trump? Not mine. So he's fine with making that moral, moral decision for everybody, but not when it comes to killing a baby. I would just tell you, Jordan, that that life he's talking about has value. It was created in the image of God and has a purpose. So, look, it certainly has value, and government has to play a role in protecting that life under the law. Uh, Jordan, I always want my faith to inform my politics, not the other way around. Most of these things are our job, not the government's. But government policies, Jordan, unleash us to, to work in this space. I think that's a concept that Mayor Pete needs to understand a little bit better. All right, folks, we come back. We'll continue to take your phone calls. An update, too, on an ACLJ case. Pastor Naren, still not able to leave India. We'll talk about that when we come back on JSECU Live. Only when a society can agree that the most vulnerable and voiceless deserve to be protected is there any hope for that culture to survive. And that's exactly what you are saying when you stand with the American Center for Law and Justice to defend the right to life. We've created a free, powerful publication offering a panoramic view of the ACLJ's battle for the unborn. It's called Mission Life. It will show you how you are personally impacting the pro-life battle through your support. And the publication includes a look at all major ACLJ pro-life cases, how we're fighting for the rights of pro-life activists, the ramifications of Roe v. Wade 40 years later, Planned Parenthood's role in the abortion industry, and what Obamacare means to the pro-life movement. Discover the many ways your membership with the ACLJ is empowering the right to life. Request your free copy of Mission Life today online at aclj.org gift. The challenges facing Americans are substantial at a time when our values, our freedoms, our constitutional rights are under attack. It's more important than ever to stand with the American Center for Law and Justice. For decades now, the ACLJ has been on the front lines, protecting your freedoms, defending your rights, in courts, in Congress, and in the public arena. And we have an exceptional track record of success. But here's the bottom line. We could not do our work without your support. We remain committed to protecting your religious and constitutional freedoms. That remains our top priority, especially now during these challenging times. The American Center for Law and Justice is on your side. If you're already a member, thank you. And if you're not, well, this is the perfect time to stand with us at aclj.org, where you can learn more about our life-changing work. Become a member today 
ACLJ.org. All right, in the second half hour of the show, so just for Phyllis to know and Jerry to know, for those of you calling in right now, we're really going to get back into politics, 1-800-684-3110. And I want to remind people, too, it's not just like the pro-life policies, the religious liberty policies of the president. Remember Pastor Andrew Brunson imprisoned in Turkey? president went to bat for him, got him released. Remember that? Well, there's another pastor right now who's not able to leave. Thankfully, he's not in prison right now, but he's, his passport was taken away, and he's unable to return to his family in Tennessee uh, that we're working with at the ACLJ, Pastor Naren, uh, Pastor Brian Naren, who received, his wife received this letter from, oh, that guy who can't be compatible with Christianity, right? President Trump, if you're watching on Facebook and Periscope. It said, Dear Mrs. Naren, thank you for taking the time to write to me about your beloved husband, Pastor Brian Naren. I recognize your steadfast efforts to ensure his safe return home and have shared your letter with my staff. May God bless you and your family. That was in January. President Trump, we were hoping, let me bring in CC House. Uh, we were hoping, CC, that this matter would be resolved uh, before President Trump headed uh, heads to India next week. Uh, but he will be heading there next week, and it has not been resolved. And Pastor Naren is very worried about uh, a, a judge sending him to prison, which would not be a good place to be in India. So let's just update people on this case, how it started, and where we are as of today. Right. So as you said, Pastor Naren is a pastor um, in Middle Tennessee who's been ministering in Nepal and India for over 17 years. So um, over four months ago, on October 5th, he was on one of those trips, and he was traveling with two other pastors, going into, landed in New Delhi, he was carrying all the funds for the trip. It was a two-week trip. They were going to two conferences, and there were uh, 10 other pastors that were meeting them. Um, they went through the e-visa line. It was early morning when they arrived in New Delhi. They went through the e-visa line, got their passport stamped, went and got their luggage, didn't have anybody ask them any questions, fill out any declaration forms, nothing. Um, when they went through then domestic security, getting on their flight to Bagdagra, that's the first opportunity that uh, they had to show anyone the cash. So um, when they did, customs officers were called over. They took the money. Um, they asked Pastor Naren a lot of questions. Uh, two of them were, are you a Christian, and will any of these funds be used for Christian purposes? After that, they continued to ask questions and discuss among themselves for about an hour or two, and then they gave the money back to him and told him he was clear and free to go on to Bagdagra. But that was not the case. They called ahead, and when he landed in Bagdagra, they had him arrested. He spent six days in jail, um, and he's now trapped. In the, and then the judge finally took his passport and did a travel ban, and now he is trapped living a legal nightmare in uh, Siliguri, India. Yeah, so he's, he's trapped there because he can't leave. So he got out of prison. Yes. And that, that's good, but he had to spend six days in, in Indian prison uh, over something that was probably very unclear to him at the time. He'd been a lot of trips there before and done this. Right. I mean, no done problems this work before. Had, had, right. So this was, he was not like a newcomer to this issue. Um, we've looked even at the laws there that appears they're being totally misapplied to him. If there's some customs duty or tax to pay, he's not saying he wouldn't pay it or wouldn't comply with the rules, comply with the laws. But in these countries where, again, and you've got a political party that's very pro, it's kind of like a Hindu radical party, I'd say to some extent, even though that it may be new to a lot of people, Hindu nationalism at least. So those questions about his Christianity are very telling as well. Um, but his legal process, time and time again, has been uh, very difficult. And he's very concerned right. about where it may lead, which is back to prison. Possibly. Absolutely. He's, 
He's paid a penalty, which he was told as soon as he did that, he would get his passport back and be free to leave. That did not happen. Um, Yesterday was another hearing set in court, which we were hopeful that the judge would dismiss because, as you said, the law that he's charged under, he did not commit a crime under that law. So um, the case should just have been dismissed outright. Instead, the judge started the trial And this is sort of like our case in Turkey, where a trial doesn't just continue on until it's finished. He heard it for about an hour, and then he dismissed or adjourned, and now the next date is set for February 26th, which is the day after uh, President Trump leaves India. It's the day after the president leaves. So let's let's tie this to this, too. There was a lot of work being done, we know, with the Trump administration, and even with the Indian government, try to get this done before the president arrives in India. It's, It's a big occasion to have him there. And so for the president of the United States to visit, uh, again, India. And so this should not, you wouldn't want this to be an issue. As of right now, though, uh, this will be. It will be. As of right now, the, the trial was yesterday. That's the so one that we So for the Indian had. government, listen, right now, they're going to have, with all the talk about economic needs and military partnerships and nuclear issues with Pakistan and Kashmir and, and all the big issues you could talk about with America, they could screw all that up, really, because we've seen, and we saw that with Turkey. They, they ended up getting sanctions on a NATO ally. The president did that because of their imprisonment of a Christian pastor. And I think India is right on the line of getting being in that situation with President Trump over when, with this pastor if he arrives there and the pastor's still in this horrible situation. And he can't return. His family needs him. I mean, I think this yes. is a unique story sto- situation, too. It's not just a, a pastor, a wife, and older children. He's got a, a, a child with special needs. Yes. Yeah, so his daughter, Laura, she's 29, and she has special needs. And so she completely depends on others to take care of her. And her father provides more than 50% of that care. So she does not understand why he is not there. She doesn't have the capacity to understand why her father hasn't been there for months and months to take care of her, as he's done for 29 years. And she's been in the hospital twice with pneumonia and now with, with um, the flu. And her, her um, doctor thinks she is actually probably going to get into failure to thrive, which is horrible. I mean, sometimes you can't come out of that. Yeah, yeah. So he has a daughter who relies on him, Who's and he's stuck now. in Siliguri, India. Over some customs issue, but really we know it's because of the question that CC said. They asked right away, are you a Christian? Is this, are these funds used for anything tied to the Christian faith? I mean, can, you can't be more blatant than that. And he's got a daughter who, who who's already with special needs, and with people who know what failure to thrive means, I mean, that could mean her life is in jeopardy, literally, uh, because she doesn't understand what's happened uh, to her father. She's made this trip a number of times before. So what the key moments coming up, uh, we had the court date yesterday. We have another court date scheduled for the day after the president of the United States, President Trump, leaves India. So the president of the United States, President Trump, will be in India next week. That is correct, on the 24th and the 25th. And we, of course, have kept the administration. With the State Department, Ambassador with, Brown back. Yes, we've kept the administration, State Department, Ambassador Brown back, all updated. And we do I do that weekly, if not daily. And, of course, have spoken to all of them recently. And the U.S. And officials so, in India are also, like, when the, when the trial occurs, are they there? Yes. So from our embassy in New Delhi, actually, I think it's important the for our audience to understand how we're working with flown there and has attended the hearings, which is wonderful. Yeah. He's a great source of support and just information and, of course, just being there to show the judge and the prosecutors that the United States government takes this So, seriously. again, as the Trump administration has got their counsel general flying each time the pastor Naren's got a court appearance, 
to be there in support of of this pastor who's in prison. The president's scheduled to be there. The president has obviously he knows about this situation. His government is working on it. Uh, the State Department, Ambassador Brownback, the Ambassador for International Religious Freedom. We represent the family. We want to update you on that important update. See, I think it comes at a, a critical time too because we're talking about this idea of in- Mayor Pete, you know, saying it's incompatible to be a Christian and support President Trump. And I just look at the work he and his staff does, like Vice President Pence, Ambassador Brownback, uh, and the Council General in, in, in India making a flight. Each time there's a trial for this pastor um, because of their imprisonment because of their Christian faith. What he did for Pastor Andrew Brunson in Turkey with a NATO ally. He put sanctions on them. Sanctions on a NATO ally to free a Christian pastor. Criminal justice reform here in America. Ask Alice Johnson if she feels his Christian faith is, can be compatible with President Trump. We'll be right back. Second half hour of JSEC Live. For decades now, the ACLJ has been on the front lines, protecting your freedoms, defending your rights, in courts, in Congress, and in the public arena. The American Center for Law and Justice is on your side. If you're already a member, thank you. And if you're not, well, this is the perfect time to stand with us at ACLJ.org, where you can learn more about our life-changing work. Become a member today, ACLJ.org. Live from Washington, D.C., Jay Sekulow Live. And now, your host, Jordan Sekulow. All right, welcome back to the second half hour of Jay Sekulow Live. Let me set the stage for you again. Remember, Mayor Pete, we played for it on, already on this broadcast. We, we did a whole show really focusing in on these statements he made about infanticide on The View and saying he can't make a moral decision about that, and, uh, you know, right and wrong on infanticide. And, Killing the baby, late-term abortion, uh, doesn't want to have to make a decision there. He's running to be commander-in-chief. Doesn't want to have to call, you know, right or wrong on that. But when he's asked by CNN about generally, could you be a Christian and support President Trump? Instead of sticking with what he first says, which is, I think, what he should have said, uh, right away, which is just, I'm not going to tell people about you know their their faith and who they should vote for. He had to do the but. He had to go right in there with the but. Take a listen. At the last CNN town hall, you said, if your faith calls upon you to help the marginalized, uh, those who are uh, afflicted, to comfort, to comfort people, to strive for humility and decency, as the Christian faith does. Uh, and then I quote you, then I just can't imagine that that requires of you that you be anywhere near this president. Do you think it is impossible to be a Christian and support President Trump? Well, I'm not going to tell other Christians how to be Christians, but I will say I cannot find any compatibility between the way this president conducts himself and anything that I find in scripture. Now, I guess that's my interpretation, but I think that's a lot of people's interpretation, and that interpretation deserves a voice. 
So destroying ISIS. I mean, I've just gone through a litany of things. I went through the kind of things that religious conservatives care about, like pro-life issues, uh, religious liberty issues, conservative judicial nominees. How about bigger issues like destroying ISIS? And something that could be compatible with your Christian faith. Destroying a, a, a really horrendous terrorist organization like ISIS and killing its leader. How about taking out the terrorist leaders in Iran? Okay, like Soleimani. Having the guts to do that. An oppressive regime. How about the First Step Act, which I just mentioned right in the end of our, our last segment. And criminal justice reform. How about that being compatible? with working for the least of these. How about working on unemployment issues for so that it's the highest level of African-American employment and the lowest levels of unemployment in history for Latinos as well? Working for the least of these. So you could judge policies all you want, but see how I can go through and make a pretty strong case why it actually is pretty compatible, that the policies are actually pretty compatible. And that, by the way, Mayor Pete, here, Harry, has no problem saying, I can't, he makes the call. But when it comes to killing a baby at, at uh, you know, at birth, he can't make the decision there. He's got to leave that. The state, the government has got to, st- and even his faith has got to stay out of that. Absolutely. He so, can't even say it's so, morally wrong. So one of the great things about people like Mayor Pete is that they are elitists who are often massively incoherent. Uh, So Mayor Pete is simply another global elitist who non-neutrally seeks to impose his own religious views on others when it suits his political objectives, rather than supporting, for instance, a diversity of religious views, rather than supporting life. He apparently comes very close to supporting infanticide or what we used to call it, eugenics. And rather than supporting efforts to improve the lives of African-Americans and Latinos, he has fired the first African-American police chief in South Bend, as well as the first African-American fire chief in South Bend. Fired them. Uh, So uh, again, he's had his own issues there. So I think it's across the board. We look at issues that we care about as, as Christians, as conservatives, um, as maybe Republicans, people that are pro-life, and then you, you, you look at if faith voters, and then you look at his record, where he's unwilling to take these stands and leave it up to the choice of killing the baby. I don't want a moral judgment there, but on President Trump, I will make a moral judgment for everybody. We'll take your phone calls, 1-800-684-3110. Give us a call, 1-800-684-3110. we get back. The challenges facing Americans are substantial at a time when our values, our freedoms, our constitutional rights are under attack. It's more important than ever to stand with the American Center for Law and Justice. For decades now, the ACLJ has been on the front lines protecting your freedoms, defending your rights in courts, in Congress, and in the public arena. And we have an exceptional track record of success. But here's the bottom line. We could not do our work without your support. We remain committed to protecting your religious and constitutional freedoms. That remains our top priority, especially now during these challenging times. The American Center for Law and Justice is on your side. If you're already a member, thank you. 
And if you're not, well, this is the perfect time to stand with us at ACLJ.org, where you can learn more about our life-changing work. Become a member today, ACLJ.org. Only when a society can agree that the most vulnerable and voiceless deserve to be protected is there any hope for that culture to survive. And that's exactly what you are saying when you stand with the American Center for Law and Justice to defend the right to life. We've created a free, powerful publication offering a panoramic view of the ACLJ's battle for the unborn. It's called Mission Life. It will show you how you are personally impacting the pro-life battle through your support. And the publication includes a look at all major ACLJ pro-life cases, how we're fighting for the rights of pro-life activists, the ramifications of Roe v. Wade 40 years later, Planned Parenthood's role in the abortion industry, and what Obamacare means to the pro-life movement. Discover the many ways your membership with the ACLJ is empowering the right to life. Request your free copy of Mission Life today online at aclj.org slash gift. Sometimes I went, you know, we played for people, kind of MSNBC freaking out about Bernie Sanders because he's building up these huge leads, not just in states now, but in the, the national polls, double-digit leads. So what do you have? You have a billionaire come to the rescue who wasn't even uh, uh, been a Republican, was a Republican longer than Donald Trump has been a Republican, okay? Who's buying bots, people online, he's called online social, uh, online field advisors that must post specific messages by the campaign, not their own messages, but specific messages, text all of the people in their contacts, personal contacts, all of their personal social media, none of which, by the way, has to say paid for by or sponsored. Because really, it's just a campaign staff doing, you know, if you worked for a campaign, you could post something good about your candidate, right? But, I mean, he's buying this, you know. Now, he's got debate tonight. So all of that can kind of go down the drain. I mean, it could be flushing a lot, a billions of dollars down the toilet uh, very quickly if, he tur- if he's as stiff as he usually appears and boring and dull. Because there's only so much these ads can make you seem cool that you're with Obama and you were the mayor of New York. Except, I mean, most of the time, if you're the mayor of New York, people really know a lot about you. People know more about Bloomberg, the news organization, I think, than Bloomberg, the guy. Except for he wanted to ban the size soda you could purchase. Uh, except for he wanted to throw black kids up against the wall. Except for uh, his stop and frisk policies. And going back and forth on that. Except of saying the only place to put police is in minority neighborhoods. That's what they've learned about Mike Bloomberg since he decided to run for president. And he loves to, you know, mock President Trump and say, Oh, I've got more billions. That's really that's really relates to the American people and, and the working per- person. You know, with farmers he said, you know, I could teach anyone to be a farmer. He told a group at Oxford, of course, an Oxford University, I could teach anyone to be a farmer. You just dig a hole put a seed in it, and water it. I don't know if that will even work for his little garden in one of his mansions that, you know, around the world. Um, because it takes more to be to do a lot more, to do landscaping than that. A lot more, even on your own. What about professional landscapers? I mean, it's demeaning to them. But for farmers, that's all it takes? This is someone so out of touch with reality. I mean, he literally thinks he could just buy the nomination, and maybe he's right. 
because MSNBC doesn't want Bernie Sanders and neither does the DNC. And they're willing to take someone who's also not really one of them, but they think they can manage better and has got a better chance of winning. Um, even though their grassroots and the party base really isn't showing that much interest in him. I mean, yeah, he's he's beating out Joe Biden in the polls. Is that saying a lot when you spent three or four hundred million dollars? I mean, Joe Biden hasn't won anything. Neither has Mike Bloomberg yet. And now he's got to be on the debate stage tonight. But we'll be interesting to see. Will he be giving us all moral judgments as well and telling us about, you know, our faith and how that should impact the, the policies? I mean, you know, none of us can support President Trump if, we're, uh, if you're a Christian, ex- except for, you know, tell the, the evangelical vote that. We, regardless of who wins in 2020, just go look at that vote and we'll see who decided whether they thought their Christian faith was compatible with President Trump or not. Because I guarantee you the person who will win that vote is President Trump. The person who will win the, the vote of the people who attend church regularly is President Trump. I can say that right now, months before the election, because of all the policies I just went through. Let's go to the phones. I want to go uh, to Jerry, then Phyllis, and, and then if you want to talk to us on the air, 1-800-684-3110. I know we've talk, uh, a lot of time talking, a lot of time getting up to speed on ACLJ issues with Pastor Naren, and we'll get Jerry and Phyllis both a copy of my book, The Next Red Wave. It's win in 2020. Here it is. Still available bookstores, online, Amazon, places like that as well at nextredwave.com. Jerry, welcome to Jay Secchio Live. Thanks for holding on. You're on the air. Hello, team. I want to thank CC for highlighting the Pastor Naren thing. I really didn't know about it, but she now kickstarts the same people who prayer warriors who prayed for Pastor Brunson. We got to gear it up for Pastor Naren. So thanks, CC. Um, I guess we all need to pray for Mr. Buttigieg to refer to whatever Bible he looks at. To look to the scriptures says, "Cast ye, no, cast those who without sin cast the first stone, and judge ye not, lest ye be judged." Yeah, well, this is what I think, Jerry. I'm fine with Bear Pete. He could talk all he wants about his own faith and how that affects his policy decisions. Uh, he could say he disagrees with policy decisions. You know, you or I may support. He disagrees with the president. I don't like when you get into broad statements. Like I can tell you statistically that President Trump will win the vote of likely churchgoers and regular churchgoers. I'm not saying 100% you must vote for him if you do if you are one of those. I'm just reporting the facts. But what Mayor Pete is trying to do is, is have a theology discussion with everyone. And then uh, we're not theologians on this broadcast, uh, but we're also not afraid of saying what's right and wrong. And I think that, that he, we're getting at a key point here, which is trying to – these politicians are not gods. They are human beings. Uh, some, most who have been very, very successful, uh, some more than others. Uh, they are, they've risen to these levels uh, by, I think, no mistake, and and uh, for good or for ill, and to the level of running for president of the United States. And whether they are thirty-seven years old or seventy-eight years old or somewhere in between, but I like to judge them based on what they do. And I think what President Trump did was he came in as a president who really didn't, you didn't have a lot to judge him on. I got that from a lot of voters. I got, you know, there was a whole group who said, well, what is he going to do as president? I, that was understandable. But then you see what he's done. You, you can't, I mean, you, we went through the whole litany of it. It's pretty unbelievable. The criminal justice reform alone, that he as a Republican got that through in the first step program. Like I said, ask Alice Johnson if she thinks that the Christian faith would be compatible with supporting President Trump then. 
Yeah, I mean, Jordan, you went through a very lengthy list that I think the evangelical vote will certainly be supportive of. And I would just maybe go one step further. I mean, Mayor Buttigieg talks about all of these commands in Scripture that we are supposed to engage in. Uh, Jordan, you know, when I read those commands, those commands are for us, not for the government. And so often what we see at the ACLJ is we actually need the government to get out of the way. I mean, Jordan, just yesterday we talked about these religious freedom rules that are being administered across nine different agencies. Uh, In those situations, Jordan, and what was happening was people of faith, both the Christian faith and many other faiths, faiths were engaging in those commandments. They were feeding the needy. They were giving uh, drinks to those who are thirsty. They were, uh, you know, caring for veterans. They were caring for the homeless. They were caring for widows. Jordan, those were people of faith engaging that in that. And the previous government policies were saying, no, you can't do that if you're partnering with the federal government. So those were the faithful, Jordan, executing the commands that Mayor Pete was talking about. And the former administration had actually stopped them from doing that. This administration has come back in and said, listen, we understand there are different tenets of faith. We understand that those are the things that are motivating you to engage in these social services. We are going to enable that. And we're going to enforce the federal law that says the federal government may not discriminate because of your faith. So I just think Mayor Pete has this backwards, Jordan. It It is the people's faith that actually motivates them to engage in this. And in many, many cases, the government just simply has to get out of the way. But historically, they have not done that very well. This administration has done a very good job of rolling that back. Let me go uh, right to Phyllis uh, calling from Florida. We'll give Phyllis a copy of the next red wave as well. And we'll get to more of your phone calls. If you get them in now, 1-800-684-3110. That's 1-800-684-3110. Remember, we've got another segment coming up. So we can really get into this and also the debate tonight, how important you think it is for Democrats. Will they kind of set up a second choice with uh, Mike Bloomberg? Is he going to live up to the hype? It's a lot of hype when you spend that kind of money uh, and you buy yourself a spot on the debate stage. A lot of hype to live up to. And it's not like me like trying to falsely make that up. for. De- I mean, I just mean to Democrats. It's not going to be my choice. Like, you know, I'm not, but, but is he really going to be the, the alternative to, to Bernie Sanders? After all that we found out that he's these statements that he's made demeaning working people, like you know Joe Biden did with with you know anybody can go down three thousand feet into a coal mine, mine coal. We'll just make them computer programmers that make thirty, forty thousand dollars less a year. Let me go right though to Phyllis. She's been holding on Florida. Phyllis, thanks for holding. You're on the air. Hello. Yes, I called in when I heard it on the radio, and yeah. as a Christian, yes, I am a Trump supporter. I see what he's done in his first term, and it's incredible. Yeah. Uh, he's got policies in place, and, you know, he's not perfect, neither are we. Nope. But I also want to refer people back to their Bible. Who did Jesus use? He used the least. He used the lowest of the low that was shunned in society. Thieves, prostitutes, murderers, tax collectors. But he did great work through them. Uh, they've been after Trump since he first got in office. And yeah, yes, because know, they he, don't want to. They don't want to. They don't want you judging him based off what he's been, what he's done since he's been in office. They want to. They want you to, to judge him as Donald Trump celebrity apprentice, not Donald Trump president of the United States. What I'll tell you, and even through the impeachment, and I, I don't know if I've said this on air before, but even through the impeachment, in a way. The, the, the depths they went to try and remove him from office, to me, actually made him that much more presidential because he showed the leadership he had to get USMCA done 
the, the new trade deal. Phase one of the China deal done. Traveler was in Davos during it. I mean, even more presidential from someone who did not come from a political background. They don't want you to judge him on the economy, on his accomplishments. They want you to start getting into faith, you know, personality judgments. We'll be right back. Only when a society can agree that the most vulnerable and voiceless deserve to be protected is there any hope for that culture to survive. And that's exactly what you are saying when you stand with the American Center for Law and Justice to defend the right to life. We've created a free, powerful publication offering a panoramic view of the ACLJ's battle for the unborn. It's called Mission Life. It will show you how you are personally impacting the pro-life battle through your support. And the publication includes a look at all major ACLJ pro-life cases, how we're fighting for the rights of pro-life activists, the ramifications of Roe v. Wade 40 years later, Planned Parenthood's role in the abortion industry, and what Obamacare means to the pro-life movement. Discover the many ways your membership with the ACLJ is empowering the right to life. Request your free copy of Mission Life today online at aclj.org gift. The challenges facing Americans are substantial at a time when our values, our freedoms, our constitutional rights are under attack. It's more important than ever to stand with the American Center for Law and Justice. For decades now, the ACLJ has been on the front lines protecting your freedoms, defending your rights in courts, in Congress, and in the public arena. And we have an exceptional track record of success. But here's the bottom line. We could not do our work without your support. We remain committed to protecting your religious and constitutional freedoms. That remains our top priority, especially now during these challenging times. The American Center for Law and Justice is on your side. If you're already a member, thank you. And if you're not, well, this is the perfect time to stand with us at aclj.org, where you can learn more about our life-changing work. Become a member today, aclj.org. been said and done so far on this campaign so far to who will be the democrat nominee to face president trump on november 3rd 2020 running for president joe biden's fall i think will continue but who knows maybe joe biden will actually show that he's got more personality than, than mike bloomberg tonight and that actually could become a win for him i mean bizarre things could happen tonight i, I think that there's bizarre things like Mike Bloomberg could fall so bad. It could be such a crash and burn that people start going, you know, Joe Biden is pretty good. Joe Biden's pretty with it and relevant and, and, and less offensive. Uh, <laughs> the less offensive candidate. And then, of course, you got, you know, communist, communist Bernie. Um, whether you want to call him crazy, communist, all of those things apply because his policies are insane and unelectable. And the DNC knows it. And and they're they're very concerned about it, except for... He does have a base. He actually has people who like him that he doesn't have to buy to like. And I, I mean, I think he's actually he's a more compelling candidate for, for people if you are a liberal because he's putting it all out there. He's not trying to hide wanting to nationalize the healthcare system like President Obama tried to hide that. Uh, and even Joe Biden wants to hide that in the Green New Deal that halfway on. And where is Elizabeth Warren? They say, you know, it's a media blackout of Elizabeth Warren. I think it's because no one wants, no one can figure out where she is now on any of the issues. 
and she she's making up as she goes. So these reporters, it's tough to it's tough to to take what she tells you seriously because then she goes around and she's no longer for that, and she's no longer you know a Native American, and she's no longer a Republican conservative economist. She's a very liberal progressive socialist economist, and so again, you've had a bizarre field. But I want to go right to to Than and then Harry because I think tonight. You go back to the very beginning when this field st- when this started. That was important because we saw the fall of Joe Biden, and really that Bernie Sanders still had the strength. So that's what these debates initially showed: was that you had Bernie Sanders very strong, Joe Biden very weak as usual when running for president, uh, and and just kind of falling apart. And then maybe some of these other players that have come come in between, like Mayor Pete in Iowa, but he didn't really get the win there because the caucus fell apart. That's another issue that Nevada may have to deal with then as well. Uh, with early voting caucuses and putting out, you know, your preferences in order. Uh, it's kind of uh, uh, interesting to see how that's going to work out. But the debate tonight, I think this is probably, since those early debates, the most important because of Mike Bloomberg being there. Because he either changes this whole race, like he already has to some extent, but with himself now out there throwing punches and taking punches, or he just becomes that second or third place guy. Yeah, and, and just remember, Jordan, he's stepping onto that stage a couple of weeks before he actually planned to. He wanted to get to Super Tuesday yeah. without actually having to debate because, quite frankly, he suffers from one of the same afflictions that the former vice president does of when he's in front of voters, his numbers actually go down. So he's had wild success. And I mean, think about this, Jordan. He has been able to catapult into second place and essentially crush everyone else without actually having to step onto a debate stage, without having to engage in the four states that the Democrat Party said come first. He has circumvented their system, and he's been able to catapult into second place. His strategy, Jordan, is working, but I would submit to you it is working until tonight, and then we see. I would also submit to you that it is working maybe even better than it's working for him. It's working for Senator Sanders, because, as Jordan, if you look at the numbers, uh, the absence of the vice president, the decline of Senator Warren, the decline of Mayor Pete, that has helped nobody more than it has helped Senator Sanders. And I know I was talking with uh, you and our producer last night. If you look at some of these out states, the polling in these states, Jordan, uh, look at California. Uh, Senator Sanders might get every single pledged delegate that is awarded statewide. That's 144 delegates because statewide, Jordan, Nobody else meets the viability threshold. So, you know, the leader in delegates right now has 22 delegates. That would represent 144 delegates that would go to Senator Sanders. So Mayor Bloomberg's strategy is working to this point, but it's also working for Senator Sanders. So who are you going to see tonight? So it'll be Bernie Sanders, Mike Bloomberg for the first time, Joe Biden, Mayor Pete. I guess it's Klobuchar and Warren, and Steyer did not make this debate, right? Uh, guys, he, he didn't qualify. Correct. No, no, he didn't qualify. He's only spent $200 million in Nevada and did not qualify for this debate. But he's the other billionaire that tried to buy this, and unfortunately he's been outbought by, I guess, Mike Bloomberg. Uh, Harry, your thoughts, though, on tonight? I, usually I would be telling people, we'll watch it for you and and provide you the analysis that's necessary, if, if it's even necessary. And some of these debates have not even been like wor- that worthy of even needing to talk about for for uh, but this one I think is one that if people can stomach watching a Democrat debate, they should because this is this is important for for the general election. I think that's correct. There are so many questions. So first up, can Mayor Bloomberg take a punch? Can he give one? It's important to note that Mayor Bloomberg has taken a variety of conflicting positions. 
Uh, and so I think it's very likely that uh, Mayor Bloomberg ultimately will impeach himself. Uh, secondly, does Joe Biden have more personality uh, than Mike Bloomberg? I think it's possible. Um, does Elizabeth Warren have anything left in her tank of incoherent ideas? Um, and does Mayor Pete want to become America's theologian so he can lecture the little people to death? Those are the questions that should concern us as we look at tonight's debate um, and uh, if we can stay awake. Yeah, I mean, Than, it, it does kind of concern me. And again, I've been in politics a long time. It, kind of like, where is Mayor Pete? When it comes to like like Harry was talking about on like the the belittling people and the the elitist thing, I you know I know he's got a great education, served our country. I'm not trying to belittle what he's accomplished at his age, but he is Mayor Pete for a reason, and it's not Mayor Pete from New York, like Mayor Bloomberg. It's Mayor Pete from South Bend, where again he fired the first African American police chief and fire chief has had problems with the police force there, has not exactly turned the city around. He tries to, doesn't talk a lot about his record there. And yet he thinks he's ready to be president of the United States. And I guess the field was so bad that in Iowa, the voters and Democrats there, he tied basically and edged out a little bit, it looks like, I guess, based off their broken app. They can't figure that out, but let them run your health care. Um, <laughs> he thinks he can be president of the United States at 37 years old. I mean, that to me... As someone not that different age-wise, is a big is a big big issue with where he is mentally. Yeah, I mean, one of the concerns that I have, Jordan, in this race is the difference between words and record. I mean, I think Mayor Pete, it's certainly in that category, but so is Senator Klobuchar. I mean, we talked about this where she wants pro-life Americans to vote for her, uh, but she won't do anything for them. And, and I'm not just saying that, Jordan. I mean, she's got a long track record in the United States Senate and literally a zero rating from the pro-life groups and a 100 percent from the abortion groups. It's largely the same with Mayor Pete. You know, he can he can talk a good game, but you have to look further than that. You have to look at the track record because i will guarantee you every single time is the is the record when when one of these people is governing is it going to close more closely ra uh, match their track record or their words when they're campaigning jordan the former is always more dependable every single time all right so again if you can stomach it if you had the time i would tune into that debate tonight at least get a glimpse of like what mike bloomberg is like if you're not from New York and you haven't seen a lot of the footage of him yet, I, it's what you'll see is not the most exciting guy usually, so I'd be surprised. I mean, people might literally say, you know what, Joe Biden is pretty good compared to this. Harry keeps laughing at that, but it's true. It's true. It's true. I mean, I think so if you can tune it, if not, we're going to analyze it tomorrow because uh, there's so much to say. Will it be said when the, when the gloves come off tonight at the debate? And will they take their gloves off? I guess. And it's a big question for Mike Bloomberg as well. Is he going to come fighting or is he going to go hiding in the corner? Don't focus on me. Just let me spend my money on ads. We'll talk to you tomorrow. For decades now, the ACLJ has been on the front lines protecting your freedoms, defending your rights in courts, in Congress, and in the public arena. The American Center for Law and Justice is on your side. If you're already a member, thank you. And if you're not, well, this is the perfect time to stand with us at ACLJ.org, where you can learn more about our life-changing work. Become a member today, ACLJ.org.